You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,268, and it's our 1,581st interview. We've been on the air since March of 2009. We're the longest-running business podcast in Orange County, California. Jerry Serkovnik, serial entrepreneur, joins us today, and I'm excited to have her on the show because we're going to discuss the importance and the impact of understanding people and their values to create a successful organization and its culture. The most strategic asset an organization can have is their people, and how we invest in them impacts their commitment to our companies. Jerry, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. It's good to have you here. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show podcast or the business mentoring that I do here in Orange County, then visit our company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, well, let's get right into this. Um, Tell me about Dale Carnegie of Orange County. I'm really interested in what's uh, your unique value proposition, what makes you different, and who do you serve? What's your niche or niches that you service? So Dale Carnegie of Orange County is one of a network of franchises uh, from the Dale Carnegie Network. We're in 90 countries. Um, We're translated into 30 different languages. We're an accredited institute, so we can offer college credits. Um, People with tuition assistance programs and stuff like that can take our programs. We go through the same certification process as a university. Mm. Um, We're also um, ISO certified, and that basically means if you take a class in Orange County or anywhere else in the world, you get the same class. Our trainers go through almost two years of prep and training before they are actually certified to train um, our Dell Carnegie principals. Um, Dell Carnegie's been around for over 100 years, uh, since 1912. He started with a book that a lot of people know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes, and if you're watching this uh, either live on uh, YouTube or later up on my channel, you can see that right here on our desk we have my copy, which is quite weathered, but I've had it for, as Paul, our engineer, was trying to figure out how many years, but let's just say for quite some time. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jerry. No, no. So actually, and that's how a lot of people know us is uh, through the book, and one of the things that we're blessed with is we're able to take those principles and put them into practice here in Orange County and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we focus uh, on kind of four core areas. Okay. okay. So one in the communication area. Um, we also have leadership training, sales training, um, and then we have what most people know us for is our presentation training. Mm-hmm. And probably any motivational speaker that you've ever heard of has probably taken our our Dale Carnegie presentation programs, and that's where Mr. Carnegie started. So we um, we here in Orange County um, have our office set up um, such that we bring a lot of consultants in to do our training and development so that we get real-world practical experience that's going on today, and they're able to bring those in and help companies kind of move through the challenges that they're really facing. So we're able to apply those special techniques that we have and help them see real-world applications. So what type of companies do you work with? 
So we typically focus and work with a lot of mid um, mid size type companies okay. to some of the larger ones. We're a nice way for them to kind of outsource some of the training de- and development that they do. Uh, a number of our customers, they actually use us kind of like a corporate university. Hmm. And so they're able to create maybe a special um, curriculum that they want their team to go through. So they might have identified a need that they have. And in particular, sometimes right now what we see is a lot of companies are trying to change their culture. Yes. And and so we come in and we help analyze with them, you know, what is the culture that they have mm-hmm. and what is the culture that they want to have. Okay. And so we kind of look at all the different aspects of some of the challenges that they're facing. Believe it or not, a lot of them don't tend to be technical challenges. They do tend to be communication, human mm-hmm. relationship type mm-hmm. of issues that kind of um, impact their, you know, growth potential. Right. So we can come in and partner with them kind of help them analyze where they're at and where they want to be. And then we can take and figure out what they in particular want in their organization and the programs that they might have. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we work with a lot of manufacturing companies. And right now they have, you know, a, a lot of gaps between, you know, the the current crew that they have um, with some of them getting ready to um, retire, right? And they're trying to recruit new people into their organizations. And it's a little bit of a challenge because they're not seen as like the sexy companies to go to, right? right? They're not the next technology unicorn they're a stable manufacturing right exactly so so we come in with some of them right and we partner with them okay and then we try to help them with some of their succession planning so as they're trying to figure out how do i take the knowledge uh, from the talent that i have that's getting ready to retire soon and transfer that right sometimes with technology firms what we find is you have a lot of really great engineers they're really really smart and then you promote them into management (laughs) right yeah soft skills (laughs) exactly so then we can come in and kind of help them to develop this great talent and help them become even better so that they can lead you know the next generation that they're bringing in. So those are some of the areas that we're able to come in and help organizations uh, reinvent themselves, change their culture, and kind of get things into a perspective that helps them take that next growth level that they need to. So so your background is interesting. And I, I guess I'm curious, before I go on with the other questions, how did you get attracted to do what you're doing now? So... I actually was in a technology company. I was brought in. The company was having a huge issue with um, getting a product to market. They had missed the mark quite a few times. So I was brought in to kind of turn that around Mm because their last market delivery was five years. And they were either going to go up or they were going to close. And so they brought me in and I was looking. And as an engineer, I'm always like, I love to learn, right? That's kind of like who I am. So I decided that I wanted to really see what a salesperson, what it was like to walk in a salesperson's shoes. Mm-hmm. And um, and doing that, I decided to take a Dale Carnegie course. And at that time, I wasn't really familiar with it, but they had a seven-week program for the salespeople. And while I was in that class, I got teamed up with this young gentleman and he was in college he was in his last semester he's getting ready to graduate 
point, and he was taking a sales class, and he explained to me that his father um, had paid for all of his training and uh, college and everything, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. Why on earth would you, you know, take all that college degree uh-huh. and then go into a sales opportunity? And so I asked him, I said, I'm just kind of curious, what do you think about, you know, this sales class and kind of why are you in this class? And he said, well, my dad made me take it. And I'm thinking, your dad made you take it? Why did your dad make you take it? And he says, well, I'm getting ready to go out and sell myself to a company to get a job. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have had a dad that would have thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got paired with him on some projects for the next seven weeks. And what was fascinating to me is this gentleman had targeted the company that he really wanted to work for. And by the end of the seven weeks, not only did he get a job at that company, he started making $10,000 more than anybody else in his graduating class. So fast forward about two years, and the gentleman that owned the territory, he started having some health issues and was looking at selling it. And one of the gentlemen that I worked with at that technology company, he did training part-time for that organization. So he came to me and said, Jerry, would you be willing to partner with me and uh, buy the Dell Carnegie franchise? So at that time, I said, you know, this would be a really good pay-it-forward type of endeavor. Hmm. And so Having that's, seen what happened to the young ha- man. Yes, so that's really how I got into it, because I'm not a trainer, I'm not a salesperson, I'm kind of a, an engineer, right. you know, by heart and by trait. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so this was my way of saying, okay, I want to make a difference, I want to wow. leave a legacy. I love and that story. That's that's why I actually went into the Dell Carnegie franchise. Uh, we're talking with uh, Jerry Serkovnik, and you're the CEO of Dell Carnegie Orange County. And, and it's interesting to me, because an Orange County's path, is, uh, Orange County, an entrepreneur's path is rarely a straight line, sort of like, you know, you go to college, it's four years, you get a degree. I mean, th- th- we come at it from a lot of different ways, right? And mm-hmm. you were inspired based on real-world experience to take what might have seemed, without that experience, maybe more of a foreign concept, right, to do this. So you never know, ladies and gentlemen. I always said to my children, they're adults now, uh, learn everything you can while your life is giving you the opportunity because you never know later in life when you can... When it, becomes beneficial to know that exactly so um we might have touched on it but i just want to make sure that i ask it purposefully and that is in this role now and in the work that you're doing uh here in orange county what difference are you and your firm trying to make in the world and i you know i use world in the context of whatever is your world it doesn't have to be the entire world but where do you see the impact that you're trying to make and what are you trying to do with your company what's your purpose so as we look and we look at our vision of the company um, we we're kind of simple you know we want to enhance the world around us by impacting every single person that we touch Wow. and so that's our mission that's what we set out to do um, and we hope that we're able to make a difference in every single person's life and so from our perspective we have an opportunity to to help people through maybe some challenging times in their life, maybe challenging times in their career, or at times where they really want to go to that next level. And so for us, and, and I say, you know, from a cultural standpoint, right, sometimes we know the culture that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask anybody at, at 
you know, at Del Carnegie of Orange County, what our purpose is, all of us want to make a difference in somebody else's life. And that's why all of us are there and we're doing the things that we do. Because for us, if we trade a day of our life or something, yes. it has to have meaning and purpose. Yes. So that's where we find our purpose. And that's the kind of culture that we've created within our, within our organization. So, Jerry, do you see that tying back to the original work of Dale Carnegie? Yes, uh, tremendously. Mr. Carnegie talks about the fact of, you know, I mean, if I had to sum it up, he's always doing a pay it forward, yes. right? Um, his whole life and his whole principles are around, you know, building relationships, making differences in people's life, and how can you help them? And in turn, you know, as you work through that, they'll see opportunities, and you know, and you just never know when your paths will cross again. Right. And so that's something that Mr. Carnegie was very instrumental um, in looking at and analyzing and you know, trying to see how can I make a difference and by helping others, they can in turn pass it on and help others. Kind of ahead of his time. Yes, very that, much From so. that perspective, right? And mm -hmm. I, I'm wondering how many people are listening to us live, maybe on iHeartRadio because we stream on the app as well as octalkradio.net or maybe you're listening to this as a podcast. I don't know how you're consuming this content, but you're certainly consuming it and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. How many people know the title, How to Win Friends and Influence People, how many people have the book, and how many people in their life have taken one of the various training courses that the Institute has developed to help people. I know, for me, much of my early career was in sales or sales management or sales leadership, and the principles that I learned during those early days with this course gave me the confidence to approach sales. I've been selling in high school, and I've been selling in college, but taking this course and reframing it around some of the principles that I learned were really valuable as well as doing well in the course against peer groups. You sort of might, you know, you sort of get your confidence up because you're, you're doing well, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you see that in some of the uh, courses that you teach and the, the work that you're doing with individuals, how they develop the confidence through the program. And, you know, one of the things that we've done um, because we see it uh, as vital um, at where we're at in this particular part of our culture as a whole in the United States is we've taken a lot of the Dell Carnegie programs and we've actually taken and um, repurposed them so that we can impact the teens Great. and the high schools. So one of the things that we're really, really excited about, uh, because if you look at the confidence that the teens are coming out with and, and some of the communication skills that they're coming out with, you know, they don't have some of that as a foundation, mm. you know, with them being so into their phones and right. texting and stuff. The whole communication piece is not as developed as, say, our generation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we're you know, been really excited about is um, to be able to take those to help you know, that up and coming generation, which is, of course, building our future, right? Because right? as I get older, they're going to have to be there to take care of me, right? And they will be. <laughs> All of us. Let's hope. Yeah. So, so that's something you know that we're we're very excited about sure. because it gives us a chance to pour in um, to the next generation right. um, and taking some of that to the next level. And I think that's great, Jerry, because um, I, I I take my members away, their business owners, entrepreneurs, for a weekend retreat once a year, and we were talking some. Uh, the members actually brought their children, and we were talking about how great it would be to be exposed to the concepts in your teens or your 20s when you have this whole ramp of your career to be able to 
build on that. I mean, it's great to learn at any time in your life, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. you know, lifelong learners, but to get it early in life, the compound interest of knowledge can really benefit you. So I'm glad you're doing that. Um, you mentioned the word challenge in your answer, which leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. We all have them, right? And I'm wondering if you could think about a current challenge that you're facing as the leader of your business. And, you know, what is most pressing and, and how are you dealing with it, Jerry? So for us as a franchise, a lot of people that are my generation, (laughs) which is Gen X, um, uh, they know Dale Carnegie, right? They've been exposed to it. They've had some experience. They've maybe heard about the book or some, as you said, a number of people have taken classes. But as you look at the Gen Y and the Gen um, Z, they've never heard of us, right? They don't even know we exist. Um, So we've been around for 100 years, so it shows that we have time-tested principles that work, right? However, if they don't know about us, we can't help them. And so that's been one of our biggest challenges is that on the West Coast, the Del Carnegie name doesn't have as much recognition. Hmm. And so we're trying to figure out how do we reach you know, those generations, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, so that we can have an impact and make a difference in their lives. And so that's been one of our bigger challenges that we had. So as an engineer, you know, one of the things we always do is we come up with these really crazy ideas. We try to implement them. We see how they go and, of course, pivot along the way, right? Right. That's what entrepreneurs do, too. (laughs) So so what we decided to do is we're teaming with Anaheim um, School District, and they have a program called AIM. And so what AIM is focused on is to help get teenagers while they're still in college um, opportunities to go out into the real world and get some internships and get real world experiences. So we're one of the partners with that particular program. And so what we decided to do is to give these teenagers a real world experience in doing some marketing. So who better to talk to and target teens than teens themselves? Exactly. So we have um, a number of teams that we're, uh, we'll bring on as interns. Their project is going to be to help us, you know, get hip and cool on what the latest social media is for the teens. Awesome. And how we can maybe reach them and come up with some marketing programs that they can help us create. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to do some of the analyzing so that they get this real world experience. And, um, and then we'll meet, you know, and go through and see what the results are and hopefully they can help us spread the word um, in the younger generation in the oh. most cool, hip way that we can come up with. Well, that's a win, win, win then, right? That's what we're hoping. So maybe I can get our engineer to help us by playing the gong, ladies and gentlemen, for the <clears throat> loyal listeners. You know when you hear the gong that that means that what Jerry and I just talked about, there it is. So if you were listening but not fully engaged, you may want to go back about a minute or maybe 90 seconds and pick up the conversation that we just had about the challenge that Jerry is facing and how her plan to address it, which I think is great. And I love it when you're giving somebody an opportunity to learn, you're benefiting from it. And if you, in fact, reach a population that you're not currently reaching well enough, they're benefiting from it as well. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on how that goes, but we're know. very, very excited about it. We'll see how creative they are. And, you know, no pressure, kids. <laughs> right. No, exactly. no pressure. But come on, we're dependent on you. All right. Uh, I know uh, serial entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs of all growing companies can have this 
kind of work-life balance here on the radio show. We believe work-life is par- only part of it, kind of two-thirds of the balance. This idea of self in the middle is really critical. Work-life can be very draining. Work can take a lot of energy, and life can take a lot of energy. If you're not caring for yourself, you may not have the energy to give to your business or to your life as well. So we're very curious about how do you balance all the demands that are being placed on you, and if you could maybe share your strategy for caring for yourself in order to care for others, Jerry. So this is actually one of the initiatives <laughs> that uh, that I've put on. So at the office, we have this big whiteboard. And what we have up there is everybody on the team has a personal goal, a professional goal, and a health goal that we have listed. Um, so my team was really, really excited because this year I put up a personal goal to actually have a little bit of self-time. Okay. So um, I'm not very good at that. Okay. Um, I actually, besides Del Carnegie, I'm on the board of three or- organizations. Um, one is the Girl Scouts here of Orange County, and we've uh, developed some programs to help some Girl Scouts get badges uh, with our Del Carnegie programs. Oh, okay. um, we also are with an organization that we support. It's called I-5 Freedom Network, and that one actually addresses human trafficking from a corporate responsibility standpoint um, so that corporations have to now go get hotel the hotel industry in particular has to go right. get training to understand and identify if trafficking's going on mm-hmm. and what we've been able to do with that organization is once that we rescue people out of those situations we have to really build the self-confidence the self-esteem right so we've taken the Dell Carnegie programs and we've tailored them to help them be successful because because once you res- that rescue them out of trafficking, if they fail in corporate America, they go right, right back, back in, right? right? Yes. So we've... It's a we've, life they know. Right, right. And it's easy and it's, you know... And, Unfortunately, and they've, there's people ready to pull them right back in, too, Exactly. Right? So yeah. that's why we've developed all that's the... Great. Taken the Del Carnegie programs, developed them, and tailored them to help them so they can be successful in that transition. Wow. And then the other organization that I support that's very near and dear to me is an organization we call it the Lighthouse Group. And it's for special needs adults. So once special needs adults graduate out of uh, high school, they really don't have an area to have community mm-hmm. or anything like that, right? So it's not like they can say, hey, friends, let's go meet at the beach or, right. you know, let's go, you know, to the restaurant and go out. So we provide a club night, mm. um, you know, every Monday night we do something with them. So a lot of times we'll we'll meet and we do games and activities and give them some social time together. Uh, sometimes we'll take them out into the community, right? And we'll take them to the pizza or we'll take them to the beach. Um, Once a year, we let them perform on a stage, and and they get to go up there and sing in front of an audience, and and you just see them come to life in ways that you've never seen. So I do all that, plus Del Carnegie. So as you could see, that's why that life balance thing that you just asked me about, I'm probably not been very good at that for a couple years now okay so my team was really really excited when my personal goal that i put up there was to have a little bit of you know personal time for Mm -hmm. me okay and so uh so that's a goal i might not be really good at doing you read my mind i was gonna ask you so how's it going so far it's the middle of february well so for me uh one of the things because my mind's always active right i'm always reinventing or 
you know, yeah. something, Tinkering, right? Yeah. You have to have a lot of empathy for my partner, Steve, because I come in and I say, I have this great idea. Let's try this. Um, and and he's been, we've been together as a team now for 12 years. So uh, we've been great business partners and he has an amazing family and stuff like that. But he's been pushing me really hard as well. Say, hey, you need to have some self time. Right. So uh, for me, a way to quiet my mind is just to kind of go down by the beach and listen to the waves. And then I can have my uh, quiet time with God and kind of have my conversation and talk with them and be re-energized. But the ocean waves are a way that I can actually let my mind relax and not think about every, mm. anything else and just kind of, you know, kind of chill for a little while. What a great answer. I, I just, I have to know, when did you know the regenerative value of listening to the ocean or being near the ocean? Did it was it like an immediate thing, or did it sort of evolve in you? Well, see, I originally moved here from Washington D.C., and the way that the startup company got me out here is they put me at this hotel in Laguna Beach, right? I swear that they paid for a seal to come out and like serenade me. Um, it was February. Yeah. I came oh, out in the middle man, of a snowstorm. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and DC, we don't get that many, but we do get some, right? right? So they put me out here, you know, they enticed me with this amazing weather. <laughs> It was absolutely gorgeous. It was beautiful out like, here. Not unlike today, maybe, huh? Exactly. And so then in the evenings, I was there. And and I think, truthfully, it wasn't the job that was as exciting to me as the uh, as the water in the ocean. Right. So that's kind of mm -hmm. where it's set. And okay. Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. All right, Jerry, we've got a few more questions. Are you okay. I'm enjoying this? Hopefully you are as well. Thank uh, you. I'd like to ask about peer learning because I, I believe completely in the power of peer learning. I think in business, you know, experience is the best teacher, but some lessons are best learned vicariously from others' experiences. And mm -hmm. many times being an entrepreneur, we're working so hard in the business, we don't get the chance to step back and work on the business, which is really the responsibility in, in our size companies of the leaders right. to take some time to be strategic because you got to think about a few years down the road. Most of the people in the smaller companies are doing the work and delivering the products and services so it's on the leadership. So that's a long-winded way of asking you. <laughs> Sorry about that. No. I was up on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> Can you share with our audience where you go to get outside perspectives and insights on the challenges that you face? You know, being a small business in Southern California is amazingly challenging, to be honest with you, with all the laws that come out and every. I mean, it's like a constant state of flux on what's going on and, you know, what rules and regulations that you have. And as you mentioned, as a, as a small business, you know, Unfortunately, we do have to kind of work in our business, right. right? And we're really trying to focus on, you know, the sales and the marketing and, you know, the training and the development of the team and, you know, how do we keep the pulse on what our customer needs are and the challenges that they're facing. And then all of a sudden you get all these rules and regulations that California sends your way and then you're trying to figure out, okay, does that hit me because I'm, you know, an under 10 person, you know, small business and um, how is that going to impact this and how do I keep up on the HR stuff? And so it is really, really challenging to have a small business here in Southern California. And 
so, you know, and, and just even from the standpoint of, you know, we're a woman-owned, you know, small business. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out, okay, does, does, that, does this apply to that or does this apply? I actually have to go to a lot of the different... Like ENP is one of the sure. um, groups that I go to, and they talk through a lot of the business issues, you know, right. not the ones that you're trying to deal with on doing your business, but on the ones that you're trying to do to maintain your business here um, in California. And like I said, I think people totally underestimate, you know, all the impact that all these rules and regulations, even that, you know, new AB Five. Five, right, is a, is an absolute killer on trying to figure out, you know, how um, how to operate within, you know, the guidelines and stuff like that. And everybody wants to be doing the right thing. Right, right. No but one it, intentionally wants to break the law, I don't think. No, but the, just trying to figure out what the law is. Yes, does it right? apply to me? Right, does it apply to me? Is this one something that I have to worry about that I or I don't have to worry about? And like I said, I think last year with the amount of laws that were signed into California, like there was over a law a day, right? And how do you keep a pulse on all of that and figure out what's going on? So right. constantly scoping and looking to see, you know, what what's going on out there. And is that something, you know, that I need to take a look at? Or is this something I need to pay attention to? And, and oh, by the way, yeah, I've got to run my business. On oh, yeah, by the <laughs> way. And you have people who ask questions and customers who have, you know, things they want to talk to you about. Yeah. Yeah. They job too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That was a good answer, and uh, I don't feel any better about it, but now that I'm, I'm glad I got it from your perspective. So I like to ask the CEOs of companies on the show kind of our guiding principle question. It's, it's one of the books that I've written. I found in asking this question and then understanding the companies, it's what you said before, which is that guiding principle that a leader brings to her organization has a really determinate impact on the culture if the leader's intentional about it. Right. Mm -hmm. What's important to you can become important to your employees if you make it important to the culture. And and because of that, then it's an organic thing that I believe helps you to select the right people and keep them and have an engaged workforce and for you to like the company that you are building and growing and enjoy going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you share your core philosophy that you're using to build the culture of your company, Jerry? So for us, right, we look at um valuing people, right? That's kind of our, our core fundamental um, principle is your most strategic asset as an organization is the people. If the people aspects aren't in alignment, um, if the communication isn't there, if you've got all these headaches and hiccups that are going on, no matter what you're doing with technology or anything else, until you focus on those fundamentals and making sure that that's right, you'll be challenged uh, as an organization, period. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people, they're so worried about, you know, focusing on saving, you know, looking at this process, putting in this technology. To get them to invest in their people has been a challenge, and I think that's where you see some of the challenges that are going on in organizations, and especially the value that the generations, the Gen Z and the Gen Y place on, you invest in me, and then I'll be loyal and committed to invest in you. Mm -hmm. And so as an organization, sometimes you're casting a shadow, right, that you don't even realize that you're casting. And so people, while they hear what you say, they see what you do, right? 
Right. And, and, and when I grew up, we called that shadow of the leader, right? And so what kind of a shadow are you casting? And are you intentionally casting it? Because cultures develop. They either develop intentionally because you've made right. a clear plan to put them in place, or they d- develop organically. And the organic ones might not be the ones that impact your organization in the way that you want. Mm-hmm. Setting a clear culture and helping people know, right, what what they use as their evaluation system when you're not there. Yes. And the example that I typically use to kind of help people with the conceptualization of this is like uh, when we work with Disney, right? Disney's model and their motto is, you know, happiest place on earth. So anytime an employee there is approached by, you know, one of their uh, customers or visitors or guests, however you want to look at them, when they're approached, they know that overarching is, are we the happiest place on earth? And they'll make decisions based on making sure that they support that vision. Right. Right. So for us, the vision that we have is do whatever it takes to help make a difference in people's lives. So anybody at our company knows that as they're uh, in a situation and they need to make a decision, that they use that as their guiding principle. Can I help? Can I make a difference in this person's life? And so that's our culture, and that's where we've really focused on making sure that we invest. And we invest in things that, you know, help the company, mm-hmm. but we also do a lot of investing in the other areas, as you've heard how, you know, we invest uh, in our community, because that's very important to us, right? Right. So again, as part of our pay it forward um, and how we can help make a difference, and hopefully when, you know, our time is come and and we pass this organization on to, you know, another great mm-hmm. entrepreneur right. uh, to take through, you know, we've had a legacy that we've really been able to make a difference and an impact in Orange County. Wow. Great answer. Thank you. You're very thorough. And if I hadn't already rang the gong, I would have Paul ring it again. But we don't want to be too gong crazy here on Critical <laughs> Mass Radio Show and Podcast right now with Jerry. Final question, kind of. Well, I got two more, but this is the last substantive one. The last, the very last one is how do people find you online? But don't answer that yet. Let me ask you, I'm going to have you back on the show. What's going to be different in the future? Where are you taking the company, Jerry? Hmm. So... One of the things, you know, that I had mentioned is, you know, the difference in the impact that we try to make on people's lives, right? So in the future, I'm hoping that I can hear some more amazing stories from some of our participants. So, for example, about two years ago, we had a participant that was sent um, to us, um, great extremely knowledgeable person, right? Had tons of knowledge, was an extreme asset from a knowledge standpoint, but the human relationship skills were struggling. And he was sent there because they really wanted to save the asset, right? Mm. Him and all of his knowledge. Wow, that's great. But he needed to work on those human relationship and the communication skills in particular. Sure. So one of the things that was amazing, he went, you know, to the first class and didn't quite have that aha moment. The second class didn't quite have that aha moment. That puts a lot of pressure on us as an organization, right? And we're like, you know, praying that there's, you know, a way that we can help make a difference for this person. Well, by the third one, there was something 
that really resonated with this particular person. And it was totally amazing because in in this class, it was an eight-week class. And so after eight weeks of him coming every, you know, I think it was a Tuesday evening, um, we were coming up on the holidays. And I'm very low-key. Uh, I kind of hide. I'm kind of like the IT person. So I sit there, work on the computers <laughs> and stuff like that. And I kind of throw Steve in front of everybody. You know, he's the president. <laughs> and I kind of stay in the background more so. But I happened to be working on the computer. And he came out, and he was talking to one of his classmates classmates, right? And he was telling them, he said, you have no idea how much this has impacted my life. Not only is my boss really excited and he's coming to see me do my speech for the graduation, but his wife had filed for a divorce. And based on the changes that she saw him making in this class, she decided to go to counseling and try to make a go Wow. At their marriage again. Wow. So for me, if you ask me, like, what do I see in my future? Yeah. I'm hoping there's a lot more stories, right. you know, like that. Um, just like, you know, we had a parent come in um, two summers ago and she came in. And again, I was kind of in the front lobby working on some stuff. And um, and she's like, I need to see the president. And I was like, oh, OK, hold on. So I run upstairs <laughs> and grab Steve <laughs> and I said, Steve, I need you to come down here for a second. And so, um, so he was on the phone call. So I was talking to her just a little bit, waiting for Steve to come down. And I said, you know, is, is there anything maybe I can help you with? He'll be down in just a second. And she said, I want to know what you guys did to my son. Ooh. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh right? right? My heart starts pounding, and I'm thinking, oh, no. And I said, um, did something bad happen? Because it was like the second day of the teen class during the summer. And she said, no. She said, he actually came into my room for the first time after school, started talking to me. He had a conversation with me. Oh, he actually goodness. talked to me. And I'm thinking, Well, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. So by that time, Steve comes down the stairs and he's like, oh, can I help you? And I said, yeah, her son is in our teen program and she'd like to speak to you. And so they stepped outside because the son's, you know, in there. And so she's telling us about, you know, he actually had a personal conversation. He wanted to actually eat dinner with her and, you know, and like tell him about his day and the impact that it made. and. I was just like, holy cow, thank you, God. This is so amazing that, you know, that you are able to bless us in this way. My hope in the future is that we're able to have that kind of an impact on so many more people. I'm sure you will. And to that end... How do people find you online if they want to look your firm up? We're at www.ocdalecarnegie.com. That's O-C-D-A-L-E-C-A-R-N-E-G-I-E.com. Because I'm from Pittsburgh, so I pronounce it a little bit different than the rest of the world because Carnegie Mellon, Carnegie University, Carnegie Hall. Right. Yeah, we're all from Pittsburgh. So everybody says, who? And I, <laughs> I say, well, let, let my partner Steve tell you who that is. I said, Steve, say it, say it right. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, so that's how you would find us. Or you could call us at 949-833-DALE. Can you say that again? 949-833-3253. Jerry Serkovnik, I have so enjoyed the time we've spent together today. I've been looking forward to having you on the program since we first encountered each other kind of mid-year last year. Thank you for being a friend of the program and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I I do as well. I'm going to also thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts. 
Our three our three producers, without whom we couldn't do the show each week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Vanessa Holland, who happens to be here in the studio with us. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd say let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi. You spell that F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 